Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody, the podcast where we talk with people behind the top nonprofit signature fundraisers and gala events that they host and how they positively transform their communities. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli, and today I am so fortunate and lucky to be able to talk with Jennifer Stevens. Jennifer is the CEO and president of JHL Company. Her organization has worked and produced over 500 nonprofit events that have raised over $150 million for top nonprofits around, around, around Texas and beyond. Jennifer, welcome, and we are so glad to have you on today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you're here to talk about, you know, a, a really, it's one of the two or three largest fundraising events in Texas each year, and that is Mac, Jack, and McConaughey. And the 11th annual event is coming up. Can you talk a little bit about what the mission of the organization is? Yeah, the um, the short version is, you know, MJNM is uh, exists to empower kids and change lives. And um, so, in 11 years, the events raised just over net back to the charities just over 30 million dollars. All of those dollars are directed toward uh, charities that work for kids, health, education, and wellness. That's fantastic. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I know that the events, even though it's an event in Austin, I do know that one of the charities is also not necessarily based in Texas with the Just Keep Living Foundation. So it really is an event that draws people not just from Austin, but it does have a draw and a pull and a benefit for people in other markets. It, it does. And actually, several of them, you know, a couple are hyper-local. A couple of the charities are hyper-local. The Rise School is a local school here, uh, and Dell Children's Medical Center is a local pediatric, you know, children's hospital here. Uh, but the other three organizations work um, across the country and actually across the world. So you've got Just Keep Living, uh, which works in, I think, 42 now Title I high schools across the country. Wow. You've got um, Heart Gifts. We fund hearts, hearts uh, for children who are con- suffering from congenital heart failure. And uh, they've just, with with MJM and other help, they've just now done their 800th heart surgery. Uh, and wow. those are for children from all over the world. Um, it was founded by two doctors here in Austin, but they, they perform those surgeries globally now. And then the third one with a global reach is an organization called Cure Duchenne. Uh, Duchenne is a form of muscular dystrophy. It attacks little boys and it's 100% fatal. And uh, oh MJNM is funding uh, a couple of different research projects now working to find a cure for Duchenne. And um, one of those researchers is based out of UT Southwestern in Dallas. And um, and they're getting there. You know, they're they now have uh, drugs and clinical trial. And, um, you know, I can't tell you we have a cure, but I can tell you we're on the road uh, toward finding a cure. And, you know, when MJNM started 11 years ago, uh, there was absolutely nothing. If if a child was diagnosed with Duchenne 11 years ago, their parents were told, you know, go home and hug your babies and super sorry. And today they're told, let's look at this clinical trial and see what we can do. So we're making progress. That's amazing to see, you know, the power and the impact that an organization can have if they really put their effort behind, you know, behind a cause and behind something that, you know, with every illness, it does impact families and that, you know, that MJNM is certainly doing this part, its part, and, and certainly in finding a cure for something that is 100% fatal and working to make that kind of a manageable, you know, a manageable, a manageable condition or even a curable condition down the line. Yeah, well, we hope so. I mean, it really is amazing. And I think one of the things that 
makes MJNM so special and what makes the results of MJNM so impactful is the fact that the guys, you know, Max, Jack, and Matthew are also personally committed to these organizations that care a lot. They did a ton of work, you know, themselves as individuals as they thought about the impact that they wanted to have with this event. And they really, they dive in. This is not sort of like a, you know, I'm going to swing by and, and do this once a year and, and, and pay no mind. I mean, they pay a lot of attention. They care a lot. And that I think is a, is a, um, the genesis for why the event is so successful because, um, you know, those dollars going to work for these organizations, you know, that's their directive. I mean, they're very engaged. How are we helping? What are we doing? They don't want the money to sit in an endowment. Not that there's anything wrong with endowments. But they want those dollars working. They want the impact back, how many kids were served, how many hearts, how many scholarships, whatever it is. You know, they want to know every year. And I think that's a huge reason why the event has been so successful is their own personal passion. So, you know, you've got three different individuals. You know, you've got, um, you know, acclaimed singer Jack Ingram. You've got, you know, Mac Brown, who has won national football championships. And then, of course, you've got Oscar winner Matthew McConaughey. How did the three of them come together to form this organization? Yeah, I, it, the, well, I have three very different personalities uh, <laughs> that I get to work with. Um, all just super special in their own way. Um, but they are quite different. Uh, you know, it all started when... Um, there were kind of a couple different simultaneous conversations happening. Uh, one, I was having a conversation with a mutual friend of mine and, and Coach Brown, who was just talking to me about, you know, at that time he was head coach at UT. Someone was asking him to do something every night. If he said yes, he was never home. And he was sort of, you know, spreading the impact that he could otherwise have and really diminishing returns because he was having to do things all the time. And so, you know, our mutual friend was like, okay, we need to find some structure so that Mac is not so taxed in doing all these things and can have more impact and not have to say no. Um, and then at the same time, actually, very similar uh, amount of time there over the course of maybe a couple of months, Jack Ingram actually uh, reached out to Mac because many, many years ago, there was an uh, event in Austin called the Ben Willie Daryl. And so it was, yes. um, ben, you know, Ben Crenshaw, Willie Nelson, and Coach Daryl Royal. And they got together once a year and did like a song swap and raised money for charity. And so Jack, as a child, attended that event because his father was a sponsor. And so he reached out to Mac and said, you know, we ought to do something like the Ben Willie Daryl. And so this was already a concept or, or the idea of doing something um, more uh, controlled where they can mm -hmm. really see more impact was already in, you know, coach's head. And then Jack reached out and said that. And so uh, after Jack reached out to Mac, Mac said, well, that's great, but who's our third? And uh, Jack said, well, what, what's Matthew doing? And so, and so here we are. Interesting. So it, it, it's, I always wondered how you came up with the order of Mac, Jack and McConaughey. And it's almost like the order in which they became involved. Well, I never thought about that, but that's true. Yeah. I mean, we were just sort of, you know, it was in it. The evolution is I could write a book, but, but when, <laughs> it, when, when they find I, I really could, but, but when they finally landed on, you know, what they wanted to do and, and how is this going to feel and who's going to be involved in the charities and these kinds of things, it was like, okay, what's the brand? And so we kicked around different ideas and I, I still laugh because I have a file on my server called uh, Guitars and Gridiron. And because originally we were like, well, maybe it should be Guitars and Gridiron. And then 
it sort of was this conversation about like, maybe we're just overthinking this. Why don't we just be what you are, you know? And so MJ and M. That's really, that's so cool as to how that, um, how that came to be. And I love that, you know, one of the things we talk about on this show frequently is to create your own original idea, you have to borrow to create 50 from 50 different ideas to create your own special, magical and unique idea. And I love the story of how that, you know, of how that's told. Now, you have been involved with so many organizations and you really throw the production values of anything you ever throw are really, they're second to none. And I always have a fantastic time in them. So, and I know that your resources are limited in terms of the number of nonprofits because there are so many good ones out there. What drew you to be involved with this organization with MJNM? Um, you know, I love, I am attracted to large challenges. <laughs> and so, you know, I often find my husband's like, now, why are you doing this? And, <laughs> and, and usually that's where I thrive. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I said, well, because who else is going to do it? And, and I really enjoy a, a huge challenge. So for me, what drew me to this, I mean, originally I was a Matt Brown fan because I love Texas and Texas football. But once they, once we really started digging into, you know, what we're trying to do and, and the idea that the guys didn't want it to be a one and done and they wanted to have a very serious impact. And I tell people it's the most fun you can have doing something good. And so, you know, just the, the, the reach and the depth and, um, that really drew me in. And then to be honest with you, you know, what keeps me is that they're never satisfied. And I don't mean that in a bad way. They always are pushing themselves. What can we do better? What can we do different? You know, when we have a wrap up meeting from the event, it's not, oh, yay. Oh, yay. I mean, for sure, we celebrate victories, but it's like, okay, that went great. Now what? Now what? Now what? I love that. And I, I learned so much from that. I love being pushed, the creative side being pushed. You know, the answer is never like, well, that's the answer. The answer is always like, okay, that's the answer right now. But should we be thinking about it in a different way? Let's at least challenge ourselves. I thrive off of that. Um, it can be, I think, threatening uh, to some maybe. And, and there's times certainly where I'm like, oh, my stars, can they not just say thank you for a minute? But, but I know all of that comes from them and their desire to do the most they can for the organizations that this event benefits. And so that's really, really motivating, not just for me, but for my whole team. That's amazing. And it, you know, it, what, what I love about that is you basically, one of the things that, you know, Lance Avery Morgan, who we all know and love likes to talk about is the event plans for the next year of a day after the previous year's event is done. And that is exactly what you basically just described was exactly that is that you've yeah. got to keep it going and keep it you know, it is a 12 month thing. You know, there is a reason that the Oscars hired the Met Gala to do their to do their event because they were used to producing everything six weeks out and it got stale and it got tired and all that. And you all really see that and you really keep keep the momentum going and that it is a year round and it's a 12 month thing start to finish. It's not something that just magically happens. I see how hard you and your team work. And I also see how hard Mac, Jack McConaughey and their wives all work at it year yeah. round and how they, you know, each of them in their own way is involved in the festivities. And that's amazing. Yeah, no, that's very true. It It is a year round thing. And I think 
honestly, any organization that um, is producing something of such significant scale, whether that's um, volume and people, you know, volume and dollars, whatever. But at a certain level, if you're going to do something at that level, you have to be engaged in a year round because you can't take the caterer that's available. You have to have the best. You can't take the security team who has time on the calendar. You have to have the best. And um, and then you have to balance. We need the best, but we don't want to spend all that money. Exactly. So, so you also have to really create partnerships and trust with those partners that allows you to engage them early, but also allows you to engage them in the way you need them engaged, but at a, at a rate that makes sense. And you know, something that frustrates me a lot that people will say to me, is like, well, you know, we should go to so-and-so and ask them for a discount. Well, I can tell you firsthand, I mean, I own an event business and I lived through a pandemic. So don't get me started on asking for discounts right now. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are are really still trying to put their lives together. And from an event perspective and every piece of an event, production, AV, rental, floral, it's catering, all of those people you know, events were the first to go and they were the last to return. And so it's not an industry that you can ask for, for special favors. So you really have to be strategic about it. And that's the other reason you need a full year of ramp up. You've got to sit down and say, okay, we need this. We know it normally costs this. We'd like you to do it for this. Let's dive into how we make it valuable to you so that it can be a win-win partnership. And that's how you secure those big major vendor partners. That is not a six-week conversation. That is a six month, nine month, year long, year after year conversation to really build the trust in those partnerships. And then you then you're able to really get the discount. Absolutely. And it doesn't even mean that, you know, if if you don't, if you're not successful the first year, if you really want to work with that person, you can absolutely go back to them the next year. And you know, your 100%. circumstances change and their circumstances change. And sometimes it's stars aligning to, you know, to have people work together. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I have a lot of Jenniferisms, as my staff will tell you, but, you know, one <laughs> of them is it's never too late to make the right decision. So, yeah. it, you know, you can sit there and say, okay, is this still working? Yes or no. And is it still working for the vendor? Sometimes that, you know, is, is not always the case too. So again, you know, if you're, if you're really building for a big something, a partnership, that kind of thing, you've got to invest enough time to, to flush those out, you know, and, and then you've got to protect them. You've got to take care of them. And if you do, they'll take care of you. That's, you know, that's amazing. And, you know, while we're on the subject of partnerships, you know, I, I want to steer in a slightly different direction. We'll still talk about that. But, you know, you talked a little bit about Care Duchenne a little bit earlier. But how did how did Mac, Jack and McConaughey, how does the organization, how do they go about selecting the organizations that they decide to support? Because it is, it's a balance of local and far beyond. It is. So um, initially... Uh, the the beneficiaries for MJM have only changed one, uh, and only one of the five changed, and that was after year one. And um, so initially, the organization that did was not a part of it was Dell Children. Um, okay. And it, after year one, it, what was interesting is um, again I could write a book, but the short version is you know the goal in year one was let's make this the best event anyone's ever been to. Let's make it the event everyone leaves and they say, oh, my God, I got to be there next year. I got to bring my friends, period, end of story. And so that was the goal. And so we all said, they said, and we all agreed, the goal was break even. Let's not lose money. Let's break even. 
and let's make it the best event anyone's ever been to. And the result was we net almost a million dollars in year one. Wow. And at that time, 11 years ago, that was unheard of. That, that was a unheard big of. amount of money in Austin. I mean, that wasn't still a big amount of money in Austin, is. but it was a really unheard of number 11 yes. years ago. And so when that happened, one of the original partners um, in the event, you know, really, they were kind of like, uh, you funded our whole program. Like, this is unbelievable. And so that got the guys thinking, okay, we need to be investing in organizations where there's always a what's next. And so they really did some evaluation and some soul searching. And it was Jack, actually, who said, I'd like to have a meeting at Dell Children's Hospital. And so we went and met with Dell Children's and a personal issue that's very important to him is pediatric food allergies. And so we had a conversation at Dell Children's and we said, what do you do for children with pediatric food allergies? And what we learned was at that time, uh, there was nothing. If your child had a pediatric food allergy, you were crossing your fingers and hoping nothing bad happened. And, um, and then we asked about, Jack asked about access to EpiPens in public schools. Okay. Uh, there was, there were very few. And so Jack literally in that meeting said, what would it take to put an EpiPen in every public school? And Dell Children said, you know, blah, blah, blah plus or minus $50,000. And Jack wrote him a check that day. And that began the partnership. He was like, we're not going to have children dying from peanut butter if we can help it. Like, we're going to do what we can to give children a quality of life and a comfort so that when they go to school, they're not worried about the sandwich the child is eating next to them. So immediately he funded every EpiPen and thus began the relationship. And so the projects we funded at Dell Children's over the years have grown and evolved as the needs of the community have evolved and has, as we've been able to fund so much that things get endowed. So we created a pediatric food allergy testing kitchen that's now endowed. We helped expand the music therapy program that's now being expanded again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, that's how those uh, came to be. The other organizations are all near and dear to their heart in one way or another. So for Cure Duchenne, Mac and Sally have a dear friend that lives here in Austin. They have two boys and both boys have Duchenne. Oh, wow. So it's very, it's very personal to Mac and Sally. Uh, the Rise School, again, Mac and Sally have a dear friend who was involved in Rise many years ago in another market. Sally was one of the original people that brought the Rise School to Austin. Um, so she, she's been involved from the get go. So, you know, things like that. And, 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 and then now they remain the same. But every year, you know, of course, Smart organizations every year reach out and ask how to become a beneficiary. And, you know, the truth is everyone has an important cause and everyone has a great story. Um, and so I gather all that information. I send it to the guys when it's time. And um, but every year they've chosen to remain with 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 their partners. Well, I want to thank you for explaining that, because I think there's a misconception with a lot of people when there when there's organizations that, you know, donate to several different causes that they just donate the money. And really what you've explained is it's that's not what it's about. It's really about long term sustainable partnerships and how the organization and the nonprofit that's being benefited grow together. And I think that's really cool. Totally. And the way you describe that so perfectly, you can really see how things evolved and the story you told with gel children step-by-step step as that, how, you know, the initial meeting about EpiPens has really, you know, evolved into far way more services within that realm and helping children with allergies in particular. 
That's exactly right. And and that commitment between the organizations and the guys to be so long-term focused um, and and focus on results is, again, I think a, a, secret, a piece of the secret sauce of why the event is so successful. Their personal passion um, is really, it just, it, it just, you know, permeates through the event because they do care so very much. And I think that's a huge, huge piece of the success. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of the event, you know, let's talk about let, let's talk about these events that are coming up, because one thing I love about Matt Jack and McConaughey is it busts the myth that a gala ha- can raise high seven figures, low eight figures. It doesn't have to be black tie. And that's what I love about this event because it really you know when you think about all the events that raise those types of monies almost all of them are are black tie and you all really bust the myth with that so tell us about how you create such a welcoming environment it's not like everyone comes in in t-shirt and shorts i I mind you people people are dressed nicely but it's not you know it's not you know it's not black tie you know right you know, if you're hearing a concert and all that, you may not necessarily, unless it's like the opera, you probably aren't going to want to do that. But can you right. kind of walk, you know, kind of walk us through how you create such an experience to where people feel relaxed, they're dressed nicely, but it's not overly formal, but yet you get people's wallets to open up so generously? Yeah. So I think a, a few things. First of all, and I tell this to any organization I work with or volunteer with, cheap is cheap. And so I think a huge mistake that a lot of nonprofits make is they say, oh, gosh, the flowers are so expensive. Let's get volunteers to do it. Or, oh, let's not do any rentals. Let's just use what the hotel provides or whatever. And I get it. Budgets are tricky. And for sure, not everyone has a budget like we've been able to, you know, develop with MJM. But perception is reality. And if someone walks in and the food is bad and the wine is bad and the room isn't beautiful and it doesn't feel connected and, 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 um, and of significant value, then neither do the bids and neither do the gifts. I've just seen it over and over and over again. And so that's just something I personally believe is very important. You have to invest in yourself uh, in order to get those results. But as it relates to MJM, what I think is most important is, you know, again, I, I always tell the guys, look, I can do anything you want, but what I don't want to do is what I want to do. I want to do what you want to do because if I, if I amplify, if I'm the megaphone for what they are, what they believe, their values, the experience they want, then that's all we need, right? If they feel connected and they feel energized, we're going to be successful. Well, if you picture Matt, Jack, or Matthew, you do not picture a tuxedo. <laughs> and so, I would, I would concur with that on all three counts. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way. There's no way those guys are going to feel connected and energetic and, and, and comfortable and engaged and work in the room the way I know you've seen them do if they're in a tuxedo. It's just not, it's not who they are and it's not authentic to them. And again, going back to the success of this event, the success of this event is them. And if you can push their personalities, you know, through, which they have three very big personalities, very different personalities, but very big personalities, but let them, let them walk in and feel like, yeah, this feels good. This feels like me. Then they're going to come through. And when they come through, the audience responds because that success breeds success, that energy brings energy. And that's where you see the bids go 
from 50,000 to 500,000 to a million or more because the guys are pushing and they're passionate and you can feel the authenticity of that. And I think it gets the donor comfortable. I think it gets the donor like, okay, I can trust that the dollars I'm putting into this are something these guys are going to respect. They're going to care about it. They're going to hold the organizations accountable to bringing results for kiddos. And that's what I care about. And I think that connectivity is is truly the secret sauce. So no, no black tie. Uh, we do have beautiful, you know, jackets. And, oh, and, and everyone's dr- everyone is always dressed so beautifully at that, that, you know, it, yes. it, it, it's not that, but it's, you know, when people, because I've had people in other markets come up to me and be like, you know, what's their secret? And I, and actually someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing a podcast that you can listen and find out. So I appreciate yeah. you telling me that, you know, that a lot of it, it starts with the leadership and it starts with their vision. And I really appreciate you saying from the event perspective, that it's about what the organization wants, because I've seen firsthand many organizations will defer to an event planner, and then it doesn't feel like the organization. So right. it, it, it's really good that you that you bring that up because it's such an important, valuable point. It's so important, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I think I think our team produces beautiful, creative, fun, energetic events, but I don't want to produce something that doesn't feel authentic. To my client. It's not about us. It's about our client and what they're going to feel great about. And one yeah. of the first questions I ask anybody we work with, I always say, please tell me the day after the event, you wake up, you're having a cup of coffee. How do you feel successful? What are those things in your mind that have to have happened for you to feel great? And, and everyone's definition is different and there's no right or wrong answer. But once I understand their guiding star, the rest I can do. Because now I know every decision, I need to point toward that definition of success. That's amazing. And that's that's such good advice for anyone listening, looking to put on their event, you know, to listen, you know, to to take to heart and really make sure to implement for their own events. Now, speaking of events, the other thing I love about what you all do is that you kick off with the gala, you don't end with the gala because most most people, it's like it's it's building and it's like going up this mountain and you get to this giant hill and it's a gala. And you all, yeah, basically, you start with the gala and then the next day you have three really exquisite events that really cater to many different people's interests of your donors, so that there's really something for literally anyone who walks in the first night to go do on the second day. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So um, the reason we raise our money on the first night is because uh, I fear everyone will be too tired on night two to want to give. The big <laughs> secret emerges. <laughs> so I'm like, let's raise the money first. And, and not that we don't raise money throughout, because we certainly have raised a ton of money on the second day over the years. But but I just wanted, when you get there and the excitement and the energy, I just wanted to, you know, capture that as quickly as we could. Um, so that, that's why the gay was first. That's why the money's first. Um, but for sure, we want to leave. We want, it, it's interesting. So you're, again, you have this, this push pull. You want everyone who wants to be supportive to have a way to be supportive. At the same time, we are in the, business, the entire purpose is to raise as much money as possible. And so that those two things don't always align. And so it's difficult. 
how do you do both? And so we've really tried over the years to make sure there's always something that's attainable. That's why, for example, both nights, gala night or Jack and Friends night, you can get a general admission ticket. Now, they're hard to get because they sell quickly, and that's great, but you can get one. You can come to Jack and Friends this year for, you know, a hundred bucks. So, you know, we, and, and not just, not me, we, like the guys, everyone has always said, we need to find a way so that if you want to be involved, there's a way to be involved. Now, you can't sit at a gala table for a hundred dollars, but again, we have a responsibility to raise as much money as we can. And that is our number one goal. So, but we try to find the balance and we do want something for everybody. And, you know, funny enough, the idea for the fashion event was Matt. Um, oh, really? So, yeah. So Mac is the one that was like, okay, well, if we're going to play golf, what are the ladies going to do? We should do something for the ladies. And so here we are now with this huge fashion event. And Mac, it was Mac Brown's idea, which I think is wonderful. That, that, that's amazing. Well, and I'm, I'm, Especially, I don't want to say perplexed, but I know Camilla has such a huge hand. Camilla McConaughey has such a huge hand in it that 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 really is. I don't get surprised very often, but that surprise that story actually really surprised me a little bit. That it was Mac, that it was Mac Brown's idea and yeah. not you know not, not necessarily Camilla's. That's really interesting. Well, let me say this: we don't let Matt plan the fashion event. <laughs> Noted and taken. <laughs> it was Matt's idea to have a fashion event. Camilla is very, very, very invested and has done an incredible job bringing just, you know, her leadership, her creative energy, her ideas, um, her friendships and relationships and just all of that. You know, um, it's very important to her that that is the premier fashion event that it can possibly be. Um, and so so Mac doesn't get that part of the credit. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you and I understand you. So in speaking of the fashion show and the gala, tell us what people can expect at this year's at, at this year's MJM. Yeah. Who they um, can expect? Because I know you've got a big name for the first night gala. We have a big name. So Thursday we'll kick off with Garth Brooks, um, which is obviously amazing. That's amazing. I'm, I, I'm very excited about that. I think a lot of people are very excited about that. It'll be a beautiful night. We um, we did a lot of things last year for the 10th anniversary uh, that we're not going to do this year. Um, I do think it's important. You know, we wanted to really celebrate that milestone, mm -hmm. but you know, everyone always says to me, well, how are you going to top that? And I think the reality is, you know, I, I don't know if I will or I won't. I, what I am going to do is try to be different every year. I don't ever want you to walk in and be like, oh, look, it's the same room. It's the same menu. It's the same flowers. Absolutely. It's the same backdrop. So um, so the, the backdrop, we've designed the room. Uh, it's been a Garth-inspired design. We spent a lot of time studying. Uh, his stadium tours and some of the things he had coming up, even his Vegas show, which okay. is uh, coming up. And we really study what does it, the aesthetic look like? How does that feel? So the gala room will be um, really uh, inspired by, by Garth and by the entertainment and, and what we were able to really, you know, kind of feel out of, out of that vision. Uh, fashion. Uh, this year, we wanted to really highlight Austin. It's our home. Uh, we love it. And so we're right downtown. We'll be on the edge of the patio of the Long Center and the city is our backdrop. 
Fabulous. And I think it'll be beautiful. And uh, so we're very excited about that. And of course, we are very thankful for our partnership with Neiman Marcus all these years in in producing that event. And it'll be fantastic. Um, And then with Jack and Friends, you know, something that's important, contrary to what I just said about the gala and not looking and feeling um, the same at gala, something that's important to us with Jack and Friends is um, we want everyone to know that's going to be a reliable night of the best music you've ever heard um, by songwriters, some of whom you've heard of, many of whom you've not, but you'll know every single thing they've written. Um, and Fantastic. we want you to just, it, we want it to feel like you're sitting in your living room with your friends, have a beer, have a drink, relax and enjoy just the incredible talent and so that night, it's not about the stage. It's not about geysers going off or, you know, these kinds of things. Um, it's really about showcasing as much as we can the talent and getting out of the way. So that night is our giant Texas flag. It's bar stools. It's relaxed. It's jeans. It's, it's, it's the night for the talent to shine. And I think this year's lineup will be second to none. Well, I can't wait to experience that. And, you know, before we go, I do want to ask and ask you one more question. And it's something you've kind of touched on a little bit. Um, and that is, what is a piece of advice you would give somebody who has to handle multiple high profile people or multiple personalities at the same time? Oh, boy. Uh, there's a lot of advice. I mean, I think the most important thing is communication. Something that I really respect about the guys is they made the decision very early on that they would, it was a 3-0 vote. So whatever happens at MJNM, it's either a decision by all or it's a decision by none. And they've done a great job over the years. And there have certainly been times where there has been a disagreement in whatever, right? Um of course, we're all human and we all have our own personal interests and, and preferences and tastes and these kinds of things. But sometimes they will agree to disagree and, and unite. And sometimes they'll say, you know what, let's table it because it's causing too much friction or too much talk or whatever. Right. What I think the most important piece, if you're working in that middle, if you're sitting in the middle of that, like I sit in the middle of that, again, I try to bring them my best advice. I'm very honest. Um, I think it's incredibly important to be honest. So if they say to me, will this work? Will our sponsors like this? Logistically, is this a good idea? I'm always honest. And I always say, look, I can do anything. But if you're asking my opinion, here it is. And I'm honest with them. Um, but it, But it's their decision. And I really try to just make sure everybody has the same facts everybody's on the same page, everybody has the information. And then whatever decision they give, you know, we move forward and we execute it. And um, I think that that communication piece and just being sure everyone is informed is really important. And that's not easy because I have someone like a Matt Brown, you're not a national championship football coach if you do not understand intimately every single nuance of every single thing. Absolutely. Right? At the same time, I have a creative, I have two creatives, <laughs> I have two creatives, but I really have a creative in Jack. And yeah. so Jack's personality is not one that's going to dive deep into the weeds on something because that's not a creative brain. That's not, that's not going to happen. He respects it. He understands it, 
but it's not his brain. So I have to communicate everything to each of them, but I also have to be sure I'm, I'm then helping them understand like, here's why I think they think it's important, or here's why I think you should think about it this way, that sort of thing. But I just look at my job as, as making sure that I'm facilitating communication and then executing on, on their vision. And, um, you know, if I can do those things and, and just be as honest and transparent as possible, then I think that's the, that's the key. Well, I think that's the perfect, that's the absolute perfect note to end on. And Jennifer, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time today. I know you're really busy planning quite a few events and it really was wonderful gaining your insight and experience with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for your, um, your nice words too. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. And the 11th annual Mac Jack and McConaughey is a series of four events that will be held on April 27th and 28th, 2023 in Austin, Texas. For more information, visit mjm2023.com. And that will do it on today's episode of Fun and Fundraising. I'm Rob Giardinelli reminding you to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and your guests will have a great time.